Welcome back. It's a Tuesday, the 27th day of February, 2024. I'm your host, Mark Hall. And you know what, folks? I tried to find a theme in today's news other than just plain crazy. We've got everything all over the map from the good, the bad, and the ugly to the, uh, well, outright insane. And what's interesting is there isn't really any pattern. So let's just dive right in. Remember the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines that were blown up by somebody? Was it the Biden Fuhrer or just the same people pulling the strings of all of those international puppets? Well, it turns out, says a piece from Zero Hedge today, that an investigation launched by Swedish authorities concluded, obviously, the leaks were the result of detonations, probably from, quote, serious sabotage. But earlier this month, Swedish authorities concluded a preliminary investigation into the Nord Stream blast, but found, in this case, they lacked jurisdiction to continue because the incident occurred in international waters and involved no Swedish nationals. So they ended the probe in early February. Denmark, though, ended its investigation earlier this week with Copenhagen saying in a statement that, quote, the joint investigation conducted by the Copenhagen police and the Danish security and intelligence services into the Nord Stream explosions have concluded. They cooperated, they said, with, (laughs) listen to this, relevant foreign partners, and said the investigation has led the authorities to conclude there was no deliberate sabotage. Hey, how much accidental sabotage blowing up international multi-billion dollar projects have you seen, folks? However, they said the assessment is that there is not the sufficient grounds to pursue a criminal case in Denmark, unquote. And I got to ask, does that mean that all the witnesses have been uh, suicided? Wouldn't be the first time. And ain't it funny how things that really should never have been called investigations in the first place keep getting ended before anything, well, even remotely uh, suggesting criminal prosecution could be revealed? I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a got fired and they put in place someone who was solid meaning he knows when to shut his mouth and uh, close investigations by the way this leaves only germany that's still actually interested in finding out what happened to the pipeline providing their people with natural gas but the pattern not surprisingly remains unchanged From there, let's just go to the outright unhinged nutcases, and I guess I'd have to say in no particular order, although why don't we start with nutcase Nancy, since she's kind of the quintessential nutcase. The former House Speaker says a piece from the Gateway Pundit sat down for a softball interview with Sky News Yalda Hakim at a Munich security conference where she said European leaders shouldn't worry about something that may never happen. When asked to respond to Trump's likely re-election this November, if they allow an election to happen at all, Sounds like she at least thinks she knows what the swamp is planning next. Pelosi said Trump is, quote, really grotesque and claimed there needs to be an intervention into his, get this, mental health. Pot, meat, kettle. But let's just hear it right from the horse's uh, mouth. You've dealt with Donald Trump. What advice would you give them? Meaning Europeans, uh, not him. Because he ain't taking your advice anyway, Nancy. Have an intervention into your mental health your political viability, he's he's really grotesque, and it's really a shame. And I never talk politics when I go overseas. Yeah, and she never lies either. But when it comes to just going outright unhinged, it's really tough to top Bob Costas, sportscaster who arguably should stick to football, which he seems to think is far more important than rigged elections anyway. Listen to this. 
you come at this from a position of not wanting to see Trump get elected. You should state that at the outset. True? Yes, absolutely. He is by far the most disgraceful figure in modern presidential history. He's only become more disgraceful since 2016 and since 2020. He is a bubbling cauldron of loathsome traits, and it's only those who are actually suffering from Trump derangement syndrome, which is the way they and Fox News and all the rest of MAGA media try to brush aside all the legitimate criticisms of Trump. You have to be in the throes of some sort of toxic delusion in a toxic cult to believe that Donald Trump has ever been in any sense emotionally, psychologically, intellectually or ethically fit to be president of the United States. Well, certainly not, folks, compared to the towering genius of leadership that is uh, senile quid pro Joe Biden, I guess. But his supporters are locked in on that. There is no cult of Joe Biden. Say what? Did he really just utter those words? Let's hear it again, just to be sure. There is no cult okay. of Joe Biden. Even just let me finish this thought, Michael. Even if he had not run explicitly with the pledge that he would be a one-term president, even if halfway through this term he had said, "Look, I've done my job. America's dead. Stick a fork in it. I've done my job. I have some policy successes. I'll continue to do my job just to make sure it stays dead." And now the Democrats can get, as I said before, some people up in the bullpen and sort through it. He had a chance to be seen as a statesman and a patriot. Now his legacy is likely to be that of a man whose hubris prevented him from seizing the moment in an appropriate way. And at best, he can squeak by Trump. That's at best. Or he could lose to Trump and subject the nation to four more years of this kind of ongoing insanity. Or if he squeaks by, it's very likely that he cannot complete his second term. He'd be 86 at the end of it. Yeah, and he's already seen now now, and everybody with half a brain, which obviously doesn't include you, Bob, knows it and will admit it. How many more times, folks, do we have to see demonstrations that these people are just plain stark, raving nuts? Because that kind of lunacy just goes so far beyond even Adolf Hitler's big lie. But wait, folks, these nutcases and people just like them are programming artificial intelligences. What could possibly go wrong? Maybe there's even some good news on that front. Got two stories. The first one comes from an alternative source called thepostmillennial.com, which says that Gulag's parent company, Alphabet, lost over $7 billion bucks in market value earlier this week, with stock prices falling about 4.4% on Monday, following the pause, as they put it, in Gulag's Gemini AI image creator and as post surface graphically demonstrating just how obscenely politically correct, and that obviously goes along with the words shamelessly dishonest, this uh, chatbot actually is. According to Bloomberg, Melius research analyst Ben Reitzes warned in a research note that problems have arisen, gee, do you think, with Gemini, and they may fuel the perception that Gulag just isn't a, quote, reliable source for AI, as many rival wannabe world dictators are trying to launch their own AI platforms. Said Reitzes, we've been arguing that search behavior is about to change with new AI-infused features, he said. And this once-in-a-generation change by itself creates opportunities for competitors. But even more, if a meaningful portion of users grow concerned, to put it mildly, about Gulag's, and he spelled it wrong, hallucinations and bias. Let me say it again, folks. The trouble is, what these people are calling bias is outright fraud, lies, deception. They're literally saw-peddling evil. 
and listen to just some of this part of the summary. Gemini's chat feature refused to say that pedophilia is wrong, but had no trouble condemning the use of the N-word, just not any racial purgatives of, you know, white people. It also couldn't define what a woman is, but images generated by the feature included a female pope, a black George Washington, and other racially diverse, how about fraudulent, again, recreations of historic figures. During his appearance at the Mobile World Congress in Barcelona, Google DeepMind CEO Demis Hassabas said that the feature was, <laughs> get this, not working the way we intended, unquote. I think what he means by that is it wasn't supposed to be quite so obvious that they were rewriting history for you. And just how bad is it, really? Well, it's so bad that even the Daily Mail has a headline up about Gulag's parent company losing $7.7 billion bucks of market value after the new AI refused to condemn pedophilia and suggested that Hitler's Nazis included black people. You know what, folks? I can't help but think that one they almost might have gotten away with. Because the same folks that programmed this thing and don't know what a fascist is probably don't know what the Aryan master race was supposed to be either. Oh, yeah, and speaking of political correctness run amok and great big lies being shoved down people's throats, there's this from Zero Hedge and actually others. The FBI has been roasted on X, the platform formerly known as Twitter, for choosing to depict the problem of organized retail crime in kind of the same way that Genesis probably would. This time with an image of two well-dressed white women. Said the now infamous tweet, Higher prices, dangerous products, and closing businesses. These are just some of the impacts that organized retail theft has on everyday Americans. Learn what the hashtag FBI does to combat these crimes. Oh, really? On the federal level to protect shoppers across the country. Unquote. And try to keep your lunch down. The image shows two well-dressed middle-class white women looking furtive with one hiding a stolen handbag inside her coat. And respondents noted somewhat graphically that the chosen alleged typical demographic of organized retail thieves in big cities just doesn't quite correlate with what they're pushing. Asked one wag, did the FBI use a Google AI image generator for that? And added another, why aren't they wearing MAGA hats too? From there on to a, uh, well, I guess a series of things that represent an unlikely bit of good news, if you have the right attitude anyway. First one from the Gateway Pundit says that one Brazilian socialist president sick Lula da Silva, remember he stole the election just like they did in the United States, he might be under significant pressure after calling Israelis genocidal Nazis, but he's still the waste media darling. While the hugely popular former president, who was also cheated out of an election, as you know, Jair Bolsonaro, is given substandard treatment. Indeed, it's significant, writes TGP, that the half-baked Reuters report about Bolsonaro does not feature a single picture of the massive rally, but instead is illustrated by a picture of Bolsonaro leaving federal police headquarters after they took his passport. What they don't want you to see, notes the story, is this. Literally, photos of millions of Bolsonaro supporters gathered on Sunday to show support for the man who's been called the Trump of the South. Yeah, they're trying to nail him and put him in jail, too. Surprise. And would you believe that Lula's goons promptly called it a coup attempt, even though protesters were unarmed. In Europe, good news against the climate change BS. More and more truly massive farm protests that seem to be actually getting traction. And finally, we're seeing more stories like this, too. Again, courtesy of the Daily Mail. This one has a headline, Kinky Secrets of the UN. So-called trans expert are revealed. They're calling it an exclusive. And it says that an Australian activist plugs all kinds of wonderful, you might even say anti-scriptural things, although the Daily Mail won't, 
like bondage, bestiality, nudism, drugs, and tax-funded sex change operations. So why is he, they ask, writing health advice for the UN panel that's drafting global health rules? Sick. You know what, folks? I bet we already know the answer. Teddy Cook, they can now reveal, a female-to-male trans-Australian activist, started the work this month on who? Yeah, the World Health Organization's 20-expert body, drafting care guidelines for trans and non-binary people. The 45-year-old whatever describes him herself as a, quote, professional queer man of trans experience with a controversial backstory because he's advocated for taxpayer-funded surgeries for all trans-Australians, worked on a study about trans people having better sex, especially when they're high on drugs, and basically just posting a whole lot of pictures that are so disgusting, he probably belongs on the WHO panel. Says the Daily Mail, his socialist media posts are even more revealing, because he, she, it has posted about everything from public nudity to bondage parties, trans orgies, and even a photo of a man evidently having sex with a dog. But they say these revelations shouldn't necessarily preclude this whatever from working at the UN, even though his antics, say many, are too smutty for, get this, the straight-laced intergovernmental body. And folks, right there. That tells you all you need to know about an organization which really shouldn't exist anyway, has no right to meddle in certainly American law, and ultimately does seem to just want people dead. And if they can't accomplish that, looks like they're more than happy to have them neutered, sterilized, or rendered infertile. You know, and I'm going to skip over some of the really disgusting parts of this, and I hope you can believe that. But the U.N. panel says the piece deep down inside on which Kirk now sits has been dogged by controversy from the outset. Gee, do you think? They do want you dead, after all. Nearly two-thirds, they say, of the panelists are human rights, sick, lawyers, activists, and policy advisors, while slightly over just a third of them are trained medical doctors. I can't help but think they also have one other really important thing in common. Now, let me put it as kindly as I can. They make ladies of the night look like positive saints by comparison. From there today, I want to go to yet another article concerning just how evil what's been going on when it comes to killing people via the Zyklon B not vaccine is still being revealed to me. This comes from the State of the Nation via the Burning Platform and hopefully others. And it starts by noting just how serious what they intend to talk about is. For, they say, not only was Operation Warp Speed rolled out as a full-blown depopulation scheme, it was also designed to irreversibly debilitate and incapacitate as many vaccine-sick victims as possible. And what this really does is that it ties up the great majority of U.S. citizens so that they have no time or energy to hold their murderous government accountable. And they keep getting away with it. Likewise, all the institutional co-conspirators, including Big Pharma, Big Med, Big Media, Big Tech, et al., skate. Should the perps be successful in effectively covering up this highly organized and long-planned criminal conspiracy to commit mass global murder? The rest of the piece is called The Ongoing Carnage from the COVID Injections, and it's submitted by an insurance industry retiree who says, we're now just a few months into the year. Number four, since the COVID injections were rolled out in December 2020, there's now insurmountable evidence that the injections are not vaccines. They're an experiment in gene therapy that turns the human body into a spike protein producing factory. And these proteins accumulate and attack every organ in our bodies. As of February 2024, says the author, hardly a day goes by without more damning information being revealed about the tragic consequences of these injections. The evidence is found everywhere, except, of course, in the controlled, waste stream media, which continues pushing the fraudulent narrative. 
But cracks in the MSM narrative are now everywhere. The truth is slowly but surely continuing to come to light. I spent 32 out of my 45-year career, says the author, in the insurance and reinsurance industries, the last 19 with one of the two largest reinsurance companies in the world. And he notes that the main point of this article concerns actuarial data confirming the devastating effects of the COVID injections on global population. Before I get to that, though, I want to share the most recent info about the catastrophic impact of these so-called vaccines. In just the first few weeks of February, numerous oncologists have revealed new epidemics of rapidly metastasizing cancers. They're being called super cancers and the like. They've exploded across the population, particularly among younger people, and this has never been seen before. Renowned Canadian oncologist and radiologist Dr. William Makis, who has diagnosed over 20,000 cancer cases of all kinds during his career, recently stated on camera at the People's Voice that he and his colleagues feel like kindergartners trying to explain what they're seeing. He reports that many of these turbo cancers, as some have begun to call them, metastasize so rapidly that patients often die within just days of diagnosis. He's further reported that many of these new cases present at stage four at initial diagnosis, which he's never seen before either. And Macus believes the COVID not vaccine Zyklon B injections are the proximate cause of this explosion in super or turbo cancers. According to Dr. Mackis, the pressure for Canadian doctors to take and give the COVID injections was so overwhelming that more than 99% complied. Within months of the injection campaign, Canadian doctors began dying, many at very young ages, in their 20s and 30s. Many died shortly after being poked, and virtually all the deaths occurred within a year of receiving the uh, death by lethal injection. Some of the most disturbing data, he says, has been reported by the U.S. group Life Insurance Industry. On January 1st of 2022, a little over a year after the December 2020 rollout of the not-vaccine injections, the CEO of One Life America, Scott Davidson, reported startling financial results and that death claims increased by 40% in the previous two quarters for policyholders in the company's group Life Division. And that group of insureds is covered by group policies issued to corporations, and they consist of what has historically been the healthiest population segment of 18 through 64 year olds. And here's a fact, folks, that needs to be repeated. I've talked about it before. Said Davidson, just to give you an idea of how bad that is, a three sigma or one in 200 year catastrophe would be a 10% increase over the pre-pandemic numbers. So 40% is just unheard of. Extrapolating from the numbers Davidson provided, if a 10% increase represents a three sigma or one in 200 year event, that 40% increase represents a 12 sigma, or one in 800 year event, and of course, nothing like this has ever been witnessed in the history of actuarial science. But, continues the author, perhaps his most disturbing statement was that, quote, most of the claims for deaths are not classified as COVID-19 deaths, but from a myriad of other causes. Myocarditis has been the most widely publicized cause of death among the Zyklon B injected. The UK-based website ExposedNews.com published a report on February 10th titled Shocking CDC Report. Autoimmune heart disease skyrockets, who could have thought it, post-COVID vaccination. And that report states that the risk of suffering myocarditis follows the mRNA vaccination is about 133 times what it should be, meaning COVID-19 vaccination increases the risk of suffering myocarditis by 13,000%. 
So if the COVID not vaccine injections were safe and effective, one of the biggest lies in history, folks, as advertised, one would expect to have seen the number of deaths level off, then decrease from pre-pandemic levels. But the opposite has happened. And this has literally blown up the actuarial tables of the life insurance industry. The findings of this study are corroborated by Ed Dowd's important book, Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 22. And the numbers Davidson reported are now a little over two years old. So the recent explosion in cancer deaths isn't even included in the numbers. And at this point, says the author, there's no telling just how much worse the actuarial data will get as this new wave of cancer deaths becomes known. I expect, he says, that the life insurance industry will be under intense pressure. Yeah, it undoubtedly already is, folks, to suppress this information. But financial results ultimately speak for themselves. Hey, expect that one of the things that people will be pushing for behind the scenes, more bailouts, more cover-ups, and more financial non-disclosure. Anyway, it's still just a matter of time until the worsening picture is finally revealed. You can't keep hiding deaths forever. The criminal Pfizer organization has already positioned themselves to profit from the coming wave of cancer deaths caused by their mRNA injections, having completed a $43 billion acquisition of CGen in December of last year, thereby doubling their oncology pipeline. Yet another case of problem-reaction-solution at work. The story closes with a quote from Rents.com dated February the 14th and a final warning from the late Dr. Luc Montagnier, and you can probably guess, although they're not about to tell you why he just might be late. Anyway, he said, contrary to what was said at the beginning, these vaccines do not protect at all, and this is slowly emerging. This is scientifically recognized by all today. Well, all folks that aren't absolute whores to a... Uh, fake masquerading as science. It's not only scientific experiments, he writes to say it, but also all patients on whom the effects have been analyzed to prove it. Instead of to protect, as has been noted, it can even promote other infections by destroying people's immune system. The protein used in the vaccines for this virus is actually toxic. It is a poison. The vaccine, he says, was not born to kill but to protect. And there have been many deaths, even young sportsmen, who have important problems due to this vaccine. It's an absolute crime, says Dr. Montagnier, to give these vaccines to children today. Let's stop mass vaccination, he says. It can also be very serious and cause nerve diseases in the brain. Due to the long-term effects of this not vaccine, there are a lot of people who are dying. Neurological disorders can also occur from the very first dose, and not only from the second. And even today, he says, before he died, no one can predict how many of these people who have been vaccinated will now have major neurological problems in the future. And he continues again, I ask all my colleagues to absolutely stop vaccinating with this type of vaccine. Doctors, he said that are perfectly informed know what I'm saying therefore they should intervene immediately yeah we're not hearing much of that from the waste stream are we and he goes on to add this the unvaccinated will save humanity it depends on you especially on the unvaccinated who will be able to save humanity one day only the unvaccinated will be able to save the vaccinated vaccinated who will in any case contact the medical centers to be saved we must avoid listening and giving a voice to those who do not have the right to do so and let science speak hey what a concept I repeat it it is the unvaccinated who will be able to save humanity and says the author in conclusion, may God deliver us from this most egregious crime against humanity in world history. 
And after that, I'll wrap up with a couple of comments from ChristiansForTruth.com about a new research paper that's been published showing how so-called trusted Christian churches in the U.S. took bribes from Big Brother in the form of COVID relief grants in exchange for pushing the deadly experimental COVID-19 vaccines on their unsuspecting congregations, which led to the deaths and disabilities of untold thousands of believers. That the Department of Health and Human Services was tapping faith leaders as of the spring of 2021 to push the uptake of the Zyklon B COVID-1984 not vaccines wasn't a surprise. They've covered that before. But what surprised us as we dug deeper, says the report, was the extent to which faith leaders were pursued to push the COVID-19 vaccines and the inappropriate, if not unconstitutional, manner in which government officials persuaded the so-called faith leaders to push the Zyklon B injections. They became literally contract killers, folks. Think about that. They included, but were not limited to, the American Baptist Church, Catholic Charities USA, the Episcopal Church, National Association of Evangelicals, Greek Orthodox Archdiocese of America, and the New York Jewish Agenda, to name just a few of the traitors and conspirators. So pay attention, and may Yahuwah bless you and yours.